Mix 92.9 Real Life with Anna Marie and Carice. We've been dealing with images and stories of a horrific situation. The kids who were shot in Uvalde, Texas, and now the parents and educators are wondering, how do you talk to kids about that? So we have an expert who sent us, first of all, some information that we're posting online. It's Dr. Megan Cuson-Lark. She's the executive director of school counseling at Metro Nashville Public Schools. First of all, welcome, Dr. Cuson-Lark. And Carice, I'm going to give you the first question. I think it's pretty easy. Just where do we begin talking to kids about this kind of violence? Right. Well, obviously, you know, the biggest thing is to listen. And we see on some of the information that you sent us, it depends on how old that child is. What if they're maybe not old enough to even know what's going on? The reality is that most kids, even if they don't hear it directly, know that something's going on. Yeah. Do we want to try to find out from them what they know? And then as age appropriateness would determine, you know, how much we would share with them. So you just say, hey, I know you've heard some stuff's going on uh, in Texas. Did did you hear about it? And then just kind of let them tell you? Yeah, or that, you know, they're younger. You might say something such as, so something bad happened at a school in Texas and some people um, got hurt. Have you heard anything about it? And then you kind of listen to what they have to say first before you share too many details. Right. That makes sense. Because then you can kind of gauge what they already know before you divulge more than they need information. More than they can handle, possibly. Exactly right. And so obviously, as kids get a little bit older, they'll probably know more information. Their friends are sharing information. If they have social media, they may have seen information on social media. And so then you could have a little bit more of a conversation. But no matter what, you always want to know what they already know. And then from there, you know, if there's anything that's inaccurate, obviously tell them what the the true facts are. But maybe just depending on how they're handling the situation or reacting, you know, you may go more into depth as they have questions or you may not. You may be a little more broad and brief about it. And by that, we're going into the next steps of how to do that and what to say, right? Right, you are. And, And, you know, a lot of it is really just dependent upon what um, the child or student has to say. And so um, based on questions they ask, you'll answer them, and you'll just kind of follow their lead. So a lot of times it's really just about information they ask and then how you respond to that information. What kind of questions do little kids ask? Well, they may ask what happened, did anyone get hurt, why did this happen, and um, in situations like that, you really just have to look at, at how young they are and you can just say, you know, people were hurt or you may even want to tell them some um, young people were, were killed. But, you know, it really depends on what they know about death. You know, you don't want to expose them to too much if they're not prepared for that. Yeah. So it will just depend on what they know. So a lot of it, you know, you really have to gauge it based on what they already know their understanding of death obviously just needs to follow their lead. I was just going to say, I think that that's a really important thing you've mentioned because a lot of times if you're the person that has more information, you kind of want to, or you feel the responsibility to take the lead in that conversation since you are the one with the information. But this seems like it really is about kind of doing a temp check with them and then following that. Exactly. And so that's covered. Keep the explanation explanation developmentally appropriate, making time mm-hmm. to talk 
And yes. what is the next thing that we need to make sure we do when we're telling children about uh, violence or situations that, that might scare them? Well, I think the biggest thing is just let them know that, you know, it's always our goal to keep them safe, that, um, you know, we want to try to talk with them, listen to their fears and concerns, you know, reassure them, obviously, that, you know, the world is a good place. But sometimes there are people who do bad things. And then you just also have to, as adults, we need to kind of assess our own um, response to the crisis, how we feel. And we want to ensure that we have our own temperature checked so that if we're upset or if, um, you know, at the time we may not be able to talk about it, we just need to gauge that. And, and we don't want to um, upset our children, right, with our own emotions right? Um, because we're not sure how they'll react. And we don't want to cause them, you know, additional angst and anxiety um, because of how we feel. Okay. Yeah. That and makes the, sense. And then one of the information pieces that you sent to us to share says review safety procedures. What does that mean? Well, I think sometimes in, in schools, right, we go through fire drills, tornado drills. Uh-huh. And sometimes, you know, we also have to practice like a lockdown drill. And so that's important. And maybe just talk to your child about, okay, at school, do you do lockdown drills or active shooter drills? It kind of depends what they call them in the school setting. Yeah. And what does that look like? What would you do if this happened? I mean, we're not afraid to talk about that, obviously, when it's a fire or tornado drill. And um, talking about it sure could potentially uh, make people feel a little bit uncomfortable or the students feel a little worried. But the reality is, you know, I think it helps because they'll be more prepared. Right. Additionally, when situations like this happen, we really want to try to keep the routines and things as normal as possible because kiddos... um, you know, they they gain security from when there are routines and predictability, which includes, you know, attending school or being around friends, just what they would normally do in a regular day. Perfect. And now one question I did have kind of along that line is, is there a good way to kind of distract from, I mean, I know personally, every time you turn on the TV, you know, it's right there. Is there like a good way to kind of address that with kids and kind of keep them away from that exposure, like extra exposure? Well, I think definitely you want to limit their exposure, right, to the television and news, to social media, especially if they don't fully understand what happened. Yeah. Um, You know, little kids, obviously, sometimes when they, you know, the television does a lot of replaying. And so little kids may not understand that um, this is something that happened previously. They may be thinking like it's currently happening or, gosh, there's a lot of kids at that school, so you just have to let them know. Obviously, if they do see it, this was from before. This isn't currently happening. They're, this is a replay of that, and they're just showing what happened at the time. So just to reassure them, it's not continuing to happen. I think, uh, Doctor, I think that we do that to ourselves as well. We kind of traumatize ourselves when we get locked in a cycle of watching something like that over and over and over and over, and there's we're n- not where... We're doing anything about it. We're able to do anything about it, but we watch it and it feels like it feels like it happens over and over and over. Right. No, it definitely does. So, I mean, even with ourselves, as we talk about, we want to temperature check our kiddos. We got to temperature check ourselves. Sometimes we have to, um, you know, take ourselves out of that situation just so we're not getting overexposed to it. And um, go take a walk or something. Right. Take a walk. You can listen to music. 
Um, you know, you can call a friend. I mean, there's a lot of different things, just a distraction. Yeah. I definitely don't think you want to ignore it um, because it's happened. It's a reality, a traumatic event has that has impacted life. Um, but at the same time, that overexposure can be just as bad. Okay. And for some people who have had trauma in their life, even if it's not quite the same, it could trigger or re-traumatize in some ways. Yeah. yeah. So anything that you wish we had asked that you feel is important to add? Um, I think the biggest thing is just to continue to reassure students, kiddos, that, um, you know, we do our best to keep them safe at schools. We have protocols and procedures in place um, to keep them safe and that, you know, they, um, if they have questions or concerns or worries, that, you know, we're here to talk to them about them mm-hmm. and, uh you know, school counselors or social workers at the schools can help with that. Okay. And then also hopefully parents or uh, guardians and adults can help with that. So not to be afraid to ask and to express their worries and concerns so that they can address them and they don't, you know, they don't fester and they don't cause that anxiety. Okay. Thank you so much again for your time. This was wonderful.